Good morning, everyone. It's good to see each of you. Well, we are in our second week in Advent, and um, I'm going to do my best to share and share as briefly and as quickly as I can. Uh, you can probably tell I'm not doing physically well, if you can hear it in my voice. Um, the three of us were diagnosed with COVID earlier this week, and um, we are, Patty is over the uh, the um, bad stuff and is doing much better. AJ, you know, kids, they rebound super quick. Um, and uh, for me, unfortunately, it's gotten worse as the week has progressed. And today is the worst, so I'm feeling pretty tired. Um, that's the main symptom is just fatigue. And uh, so, um, so be in prayer for all of us. We're trying to make our way through it and uh, get, get to the other side. But uh, I'm going to speak, share, and then um, give you guys some questions to go in your breakout rooms. And then I'll probably bow out so I can go get, uh, get some rest. So uh, love to all of you. Uh, we're all going to be going through either knowing people that have gone through COVID or it's just going to come close, unfortunately, to, to a lot of us. Um, and it's one of those freak things for us. Uh, it wasn't anything that was uh, done irresponsibly. It just happened. So uh, here we are. Um, so the uh, topic today, sorry for the, yeah, I, I wanted to get that out because I know if I don't, then it'll be coming through the way I speak this morning. <laughs> and uh, I just want to put that out there and then that way I'd be able to bow out a little early. Um, the topic for this morning is the second candle and the second can candle in Advent is the candle of faith. Um, and what I want to talk about this morning in terms of faith is uh, by starting out with a question that someone posed to me. And it started out with, um, is God going to be mad at me if? And whenever a question starts out like that, I immediately think, I doubt it, even before anything is stated. But that's the way it began. It began with, is God going to be mad at me? And it was based in this, she had started to look in, into this uh, sort of Eastern kind of um, way of thinking about connecting mind and body. And she was going to be going into trying some of this stuff. And she had, and she said it had um, greatly affected her positively in a way of reducing stress and so on. But she had this fear of like, is this bad? Am I doing the wrong thing? Will God be mad at me? And it began um, a conversation that we had. And you may not have the same concern as she did, um, but there are always places where in our lives, in the world around us, where we see more darkness than light. Um, and how we see is the question about faith. Let me make it more poignant. How we see darkness and then respond to it is a question of faith. The old ways of dealing with darkness um, and you can see that even in scripture, uh, but we see it in our lives as well, is to curse it. You curse the darkness. You speak against it. Um, oftentimes you'll hear preachers, including myself, who have preached against the darkness, pointed out the darkness. Um, in a sense, um, 
saying this is darkness and this is light, sort of separating that out to make people avoid darkness and aim their lives towards light. The other thing we've done is to shame it, shame the darkness within ourselves as a way to try to motivate us to do what we be, uh, believe is better, um, to maybe shame it in others as well as to motivate that change. Um, or we scapegoat it. Um, you know, we, we scapegoat the sin, the darkness. It, it belongs over here. We might blame someone um, as having most of the fault. And if it can fall on them, then we feel better about ourselves. So these are old ways of dealing with darkness. But remember, our starting question is, and supposition is, how we see is really a question about faith. And so how we see darkness and the respond to darkness is a question of faith. Um, so the new way is to bring light in the midst of the darkness. We'll look at this in Luke 2 in a moment. So the new way is to bring light and to shine that light in the midst of darkness. And according to Luke, it's, it's by being born within the darkness and then transforming it. Uh, so this is the idea of a light shining in the darkness. Everything we do around the season is, um, is about that very thing. So when we wrap our tree with lights and we shut the lights off in the house and the light lights up in the darkness, um, that's the idea. When we, um, when we think about, um, you know, light uh, shining in the darkness, we might think of things like um, lighting a candle that's been used, you know, that's been used quite a bit. Light a candle, right, in the middle of the darkness, right? We're going to be lighting candles later on. Again, this symbolizes light in the midst of darkness. Now, that may seem obvious, but the fact is that, that even though as obvious as it is, most of the time we're shining light among other lights. And it becomes a competition of whose light is more lit than the other. And we judge everyone else's light as not being as lit, right? And oftentimes it's where the comfort is. It's like where we're lights among other lights, but not lights in the midst of darkness. And so the Christ spirit is born in the person who will embody it best, being Jesus, but is also born within Zechariah, as we talked about last week, Joseph, Mary, and Elizabeth. Those are the four characters that are in Luke chapter 1 and 2. And you can start to see how this happens, because we talked about this in Zechariah, who receives this message, but has a hard time believing it, that he will have a child in his old age. Right? Joseph... He, he struggles with that as well, but believes. Mary, she's got questions. Elizabeth has questions. But they're born with the, 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 the child is born within Mary, but also there's this faith that is born within all of these characters. There's something that is emerging within them. The Christ spirit is being born within this world at this time. And it is always being born within darkness. And so how we deal with darkness has to do with our faith. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 14. 
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, the governor of Syria, was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, I want you to notice before we continue, in those days, Caesar Augustus at verse 1 issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This is Luke's way of saying, this is the epitome of darkness. Rome is an absolute power, so much so that Rome is flaunting it. Rome is, is ensuring you know she's in power. By taking a census and forcing everybody to come and be accounted as a Roman, a belonging of Rome, you know, as a possession of Rome. That's what they, the census uh, declared. And so Luke is setting the stage. It is as dark as it could be, right? But then there's something happening within the darkness. Joseph is making his way, and he's making his way with Mary because she's about to give birth to this light that is being born in the midst of darkness. The question is a question of sight. Do you see? Do you see it? Do you believe that could be possible? Because for, for Jesus to be born, there's nothing about Jesus being born in the way he was born that would give any indication that he was a savior, other than that that's what they were being told. And so it's an issue of faith. And so then we continue in verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now, again, the picture is what? The picture of night. And then suddenly glory shines, right? Light in the midst of darkness. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be a good news that will be uh, the cause of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Now, here's why that's a sign. The sign is nothing outstanding. He'll be a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. That's about as average, as normal as it could possibly be. In fact, it's a step down from that. It's what would be normal for people that were poor or people who were refugees and traveling. And that's the sign. That's the sign is that it's not going to be something where he is born in a palace. That would be like light shining among other lights. He's born in the midst of a palace. There's already great things happening there. It's already glorious. Instead, he's born in a manger. He's born in a place of poverty. He's born in a place where there is nothing significant about it. And that's what makes it a sign. It's because it's always going to be in the darkness that light is born. It's always going to be in the darkness that light shines. 
And so this is the um, and so this is the good news. So the questions that I want to throw our way, not for necessarily for us to discuss in a, in in group. I've got some others for that, but it's what if faith is an underlying belief that God is greater than we knew, more loving than we expected, present in more places than we could have ever imagined. Let me repeat that again. What if faith is an undying belief that God is greater than we knew? More loving than we expected, present in more places than we could have ever imagined. Right? This is the story of Advent. This is an utter surprise that God is actually more loving, more present, more forgiving than we could have ever imagined. I love the fact that it's it's done within the average. It's done within what was happening. Nobody was... You think about shepherds. Shepherds were not the people that would have ordinarily had any kind of greatness happen to them. They weren't the people that uh, had a great reputation. Uh, And yet it happens to them. It happens among them. It happens in a sense almost through them because they begin begin to carry this message, this this wonderful news uh, to other people. So the story is, is one in which it calls us to think about us in today's uh, way, in today's time, and in today's context. As we think about faith, as we think about darkness and light coming into darkness, and we started with the question of what if faith is about seeing? What if it's about sight? It's about what you see then the question that my friend asked and started out with by saying, would God be mad at me if? It's a question of faith. Do you believe that all things belong to God? How big is your God? If, if there's more darkness in our minds than there is light, if darkness is more powerful than light, then yes, we will avoid it. We will shame it. We will curse it. We will do whatever we can to scapegoat it. But if darkness is not greater than light, but in fact light is more powerful and more greater and more real than the darkness is, it's not a matter of light defeating darkness. It's a matter of light transforming darkness. And if that's what it's like, then there's less fear in the midst of darkness. There's a growing faith that light is greater. Light is more powerful, more real. It's more real than the darkness. It's more true than the darkness. And so, for our conversation, for our breakout uh, session, there's two questions and I'll put them in the chat. In what ways have you seen this to be true? Light being more real than darkness. Light being more, or I'll put it in a different way, darkness being less scary than it once was. Where we look around, we see the world of politics and all the stuff that's happening. We can be 
we can start to feel like darkness is greater for sure. Um, and that's, that's okay to say so as, as well, right? So if, you're, if your answer is, I still see more darkness here than I do light, that's perfectly normal. That's perfectly adequate. And actually, that's kind of the way it was in the first century. People saw a lot more darkness than light. But in what ways have you seen it to be true, the times that you have, where light began to shine brighter than the darkness? In what ways would you like this to be true? In what areas of, of the world and, or your own life would you like this to be true? Wrestle through these questions, because I really think that this is, a, this is one that has been powerful for me in my own life, um, is to begin to see more light than darkness. Um, not by willpower, not by forcing myself to see it, but being open and, tr and, and having hope that it's possible, that there might be more light, that light might actually be more real than even darkness.